Welcome to the Voice of Many podcast show with Yolanda and Vanessa. Good evening, everyone, and thank you for joining us. Our podcast would not be possible without you and our sponsor, Z-Funk Productions. We have the pleasure of speaking with a representative with Choices for Life. Welcome to the show, Miss Garrett. Hello. Hello. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you all? Good. So if you will, Miss Garrett, if you will, please um, tell our listeners a little bit about you and where you're located. Um, I am a recruiter and trainer for Choices for Life of Georgia. We are located in Valdosta, Georgia. And I'm actually from Warner Robins, Georgia, and I got to Valdosta by attending Valdosta State University, went to college here, and after graduation, I met my husband. And so I've actually been stuck here in Valdosta, and I love it. So I've been here ever since. So can you please enlighten our listeners about Choices for Life? Yes. So Choices for Life of Georgia is a Tier 2 core provider and a CPA. So being a Tier 2 core provider means that we also provide behavior and mental health counseling services to youth and adolescents in the community, not just foster children. So services are provided in the home, at daycare, the school, and it's based on the need of the individual family. So a CPA um, stands for Child Placing Agency, and the name is exactly how it sounds. So we create places or homes for children in foster care by licensing and approving foster homes. There are several CPAs in the area, and we all do the exact same work, but each provider has their own specialty. So we provide specifically specialized foster care. So that name is a little odd for some, but... And most people know it by therapeutic foster care. And so our foster parents particularly get extensive training and extra support to handle children with higher needs. So Mm -hmm. a lot of times when people hear higher needs, they get a little nervous. Mm -hmm. But higher needs can be a variety of things. So sibling groups are particularly difficult to place because most children don't have multiple rooms in their house to hold more than one child. Mm -hmm. Uh, We also, what makes us specialized for those individual needs, whereas we do have some children that have various behavior disorders and disabilities that are difficult to place. But we also place children that have none of those needs as well. Uh, but the, one of the great things are because we are a tier two core provider, we're able to support our parents with that additional support that they need to handle those children with, you know, those specialized needs. That's, that's good. That way you know that not just the, the child is getting the help, the parents are as well. And it's a, a coaching and a mentor process as well as you're uh, in the foster care system. That's great. Yes, absolutely. So the Choice of Life providers, um, I know you guys give out counseling and um, for the foster children, not only here in Georgia, but also in Oklahoma. How many foster kids are you current, that you currently have that are waiting placement and what are their age levels? Yes. So we also do have a corporate office in Oklahoma City and there's two locations in Oklahoma City. Uh, it's in Chicota, sorry, Chicota and Ponca City. And a little fun fact is our CEO, Doug Felrath, was the FFTA president many years ago. And he actually was solicited by the state of Georgia to open up a CPA in rural Georgia. At that time, there weren't any CPAs providing therapeutic services in the area. So that's kind of like how Choices for Life 
of Georgia came about. It was about Austin in 2014. And what happened in 2017, Medicaid decided to unbundle their services. And unfortunately, that did away with therapeutic foster care. But just because therapeutic foster care went away, the need was still there for children that have extensive needs to get the support that they need. And so that's how we wound up having two programs specifically in Valdosta. So we that's how our mental health program was born. And, and it actually has grown a lot over the years. They currently serve 400 families, over 400 families, and the ages are from 5 to 18. Now, in regards to our children provide, provide waiting placement, that question is a little tricky for several reasons. So when it comes, we get reports every quarter from the state about how many children are in foster care. And the most recent report that we received, there were 13,959 children in the foster care system of Georgia. So that number is astronomical, right? Every time I say it, and it goes up and down. At some time, it's 14,000, but that was the most recent that we, we have had. And so 38% of those are placed in CPAs, like us, those are your foster homes. And then 36% are placed in DFAX homes. 8% are in adoptive homes. And then 18% are in your CCIs or group homes. And those numbers change daily, literally, because children come into care every day and children are, you know, taken out of foster care, you know, throughout the every day so it goes up and down and the age ranges are 0 to 18 typically mm. but children can stay in care past the age of 18 up to 21 but the average age is 0 to 18 so so I want to ask so what happens to the kids after they've turned 18 are they just what a wonderful question everybody always asks that so when they turn 18 they have the option to what they call find themselves out of care. If they make that decision, then essentially they are on their own, which is very, very frightening, right? Because mm-hmm. anybody that has 18-year-olds or remembers being 18, you know nothing about the real world. I'm in mm-hmm. my 30s, and I still call my mom to this day if I need something. And so it is very, very scary if children decide to find themselves out. If they choose to stay in care, they get all the support that they need to transition into adulthood. There are specific programs that the state has, has called independent living programs mm-hmm. where they can go and learn to transition into adulthood. They have their own apartment. They learn money management, all those types of things to help them prepare and age out of care. But the sad thing is most 18-year-olds sign themselves out of care. Think about a child who is in foster care. They want to be back home with their family. You know, they're tired of being in the system, and majority of them sign themselves out and do not get the support and help that they need. But if they choose to stay in care, there are things set up to help them transition completely into adulthood. Wow. So um, with Choice of Life, how many... Children, foster children have been placed over the years or that you've helped with over the years? So our agency particularly has been here for 16 years. And so if I was to make an estimate, I can't give an exact number. I'm sure hundreds of children over the years. It's very difficult to give an exact number because we are not an adoption agency. So we are strictly foster care. In any time a child is placed in the home, 
the goal is always reunification and some type of permanency. So you may have one family that may be having five children in one year because children may not stay that long. It might be three months, six months, a year. Typically, children are placed in the home until their parents or guardians can work a case plan and they can be reunified with their families. Can you share with our listeners um, who may be interested in becoming foster parents? Absolutely. It's one of my favorite things to do. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I love telling people how to become a foster parent because it truly is a need. You heard the 13,959. We do not have that many foster homes at all. And so the sad thing is some children do wind up in hotels or until they can find a placement or in group homes, which group homes are not bad. But some, you know, most children want to be in a family environment so the process i'll be completely honest it usually takes four to six months it's a kind of lengthy process there's a series of interviews questionnaires the first step is to call your agency of choice preferably choices for life of georgia and tell them you're interested in becoming a foster parent at that point you will be scheduled what we call an information session During the information session, we give you all the information about becoming a foster parent, what it looks like, the process, and answer any questions that you may have. After that, if you're still interested after the information session, you will complete an application. And during the application process, a series of background checks are run and safety checks are run. After that, we will, after you pass the background checks on the paperwork is in process, you will have training. Training is uh, 24 hours of what they call impact training. Now, that sounds like a lot, but it's broken up over the course of weeks. During that time, you'll be given an evaluation packet, and it has a series of uh, questionnaires. We'll be checking your references. All that will be happening during that process. A home study practitioner will be writing your home study. And I tell everyone it's like the biography of your life. So if you're a private person and you don't like people asking you a thousand questions, fostering is not for you because we will get all up in your business, as I, as I like to say. Um, asking you questions, you know, talking to people that know you, trying to get a good feel of who this family is, who you are. And then once your home study is complete, it's sent off to the state for approval and you'll be officially an approved foster home. So every time I say that, sometimes people get overwhelmed, and they're like, oh, my goodness, it's a lot. And so whenever people say that, um, so, Vanessa, you have children, right? Yes, ma'am. Okay, so how would you, do you feel comfortable dropping your children off in my house? No. Why? Because I don't know much about you or... Exactly. (laughs) Yes, exactly. You said exactly what every parent would say, right? Um, And so when you put it in that that frame of mind, it kind of puts a different spin on things. This is someone's child that you're placing in a home, and you want to make sure that you know that person. So there are people and agencies who say, oh, we can get your home open in 30 days or 10 days, and you're really giving a disservice to the child as well as the foster parent. We want to make sure that we're getting a thorough assessment of that family 
because people can say anything and it really pains me to say that children are abused in foster homes mm-hmm. and I it, it literally makes my skin crawl every time I say it because it's a sad thought that a child goes out of an abusive situation that's supposed to be safety and it turns out not to be safe for that child. So you want that home study process that four to six months you want to make sure that you're doing a thorough assessment and that the foster parent has the training that they need. You know, taking pen, any parent will say it's difficult to parent your own children. Mm-hmm. Imagine parenting a child that you know nothing about, that has their own traumas, that has their own history. We want to make sure that you're able to fully support that child and also, be, you know, have support for yourself. So that four to six months, is necessary, it's needed, it takes time to make sure that our homes are of good quality and that our foster parents have the tools that they need to service the children placed in their home. Now, I have a question. Are you allowed to be a foster parent in another state or it has to be state-specific where you live? So, yes. So our particular agency, we only we have requirements. We can only license out of a 50-mile radius. So we only serve specific counties. But some of our other CPAs can serve us outside of the 50-mile radius because they have several different campuses. So only Georgia. And, of course, every and other side to that is every state has their own requirements. Like it's not universal across state lines. Mm-hmm. Because we've had foster parents that have been licensed with us, moved to another state. They have to go through the other state's entire process, whatever it is. Okay. Um, The couple that we um, interviewed earlier just adopted, that's what they had to go through with two different states. So just wanted to put that out there for uh, listeners that had questions in regards to that as well. And for um, parents who are already foster parents, can they adopt the child that they're currently fostering? And how long would that process take since they're already um, in that home? Yes, absolutely. And this actually happens quite frequently with our agency. A lot of our foster parents have been with us. We do an excellent job of retention. And so a lot of our foster parents have been with us for years. And it's so funny when we have foster parents that say, oh, no, I don't want to adopt. I just want to foster. And then here we are two years later, and they're signing adoption papers, and I always chuckle. But it most definitely can happen. But because we are not an adoption agency, that process will then get handed over to DFAC, and DFAC will handle the adoption portion of that. And it usually takes a couple of months. So um, how did your career lead you to Choices for Life? Wow. I've only been working with Choices for three years, but I've been working with youth in foster care for almost nine years. So I've always worked with children or youth in some form or capacity. While I was attending Badal State, I worked for Parks and Recreation at their after-school program, and I was getting close to graduation. And everyone knows the closer you get to graduation, you have all the questions of, so what are you going to do? You know, <laughs> And the pressure is on. So what are you going to do? Um, my bachelor's is in psychology, and so that's a very general degree, and I knew I wanted to work with children, and I love working with children, but wasn't really sure what to do afterwards. So my boss at the time asked me would I ever be interested in social work, and he was like, you would do wonderful. 
So he recommended me to the Methodist Children's Home. It's actually here in Barasa. It's home for teenage girls. And so I started working there, and I worked there in several capacities. I started out as a child care worker, counselor, and became a program manager for the same agency in a different um, city in America's Georgia. At that time, my then boyfriend proposed, brought me back to Boston, and so I became the program manager at the Methodist Children's Home back in Boston, and eventually became a case manager there as well. And so I worked there for eight years, so if you're doing the math, I know it sounds a little funky, because yes, those times overlap. <laughs> I actually worked at the Methodist Children's Home and Choices for Life. Um, for the three years I've worked here at Choices, I've also worked at the Methodist Children's Home. I most recently stopped working at the Methodist Home because it became a lot of working two jobs, but I love the work so much. Um, and so that work really prepared me for my job here. I'm so grateful for my time at the Methodist Home, working at a group home with teenage girls, because when I am talking to potential foster parents and when I'm training our current foster parents, when they say, oh, you don't understand what it's like, I can say, oh, yes, I do know what it's like to live in a home with a foster child. And I'm able to share those experiences and trials and joys and actually come from a different point of view than what you'll just get from a textbook or in a curriculum. So I know you've had a lot of um, great connections with kids and special stories. Do you mind sharing with us one of those stories that are memorable to you? Sure. Oh, there are so many. This is difficult. <laughs> but, and especially now because my job as a recruiter trainer is more so with foster parents and I get to hear and hear about their milestones. But I would think that my most memorable would have to be when I worked at the group home. We had a young lady who had been with us for five years, and so that meant that she lived with us through all four years of her high school journey. So my most memorable was her graduating from high school. So graduating from high school is a big event anyways. But I think the thing that stood out the most to me, I will always remember it because they gave this cute little speech at the beginning of the graduation that we want to hold all applause until everyone is done. You know, they tell you that to holler or shout out the person's name. And we all agreed that we were going to behave because we, we wanted to be able to enjoy the entire graduation and not be put out. So... I will never forget it because when they call her name and she walked across the stage, literally the entire section could not control it. Got up, hollered, screamed, all of that. And I will never forget because I looked over the section and there were tears and it was, you know, her staff, old staff members, some teachers from middle school, some old case managers, even some of the girls from the group home came and we we're cheering and all of that. And it truly is a reflection of what we do in foster care. Um, I remember the day she said she wasn't going to quit, but she had she said she was going to quit, but she had that case manager or, or me saying, oh, no, you're going to finish this homework or a staff member or her therapist, you know, and all those people is. Is what we do. I really say it takes a village to raise a child, and all of us working together to make sure that our children have success, even though, you know, their past may have been a little rough or they had some things happen to them that may have set them back. 
but everybody pulling together to make sure that our children succeed. So that most definitely would have to be my favorite for that particular reason. What would you say to our listeners who may be thinking of becoming a foster parent? Um, Can you just direct them? That would be great. Yes. So I would say like parenting in general, fostering will be one of the most rewarding and challenging things that you'll ever do. So make sure that you and your family are really ready to open up your heart and home for a child in need. Um, And at the end of the day, your home or your wherever you in your home will provide a safe place for them. And it's only temporary, but that love, those life experiences, those things that you instill with them will last forever. So if you're really thinking about that, keep that in mind. Like, yes, you know, I've always been taught you plant a seed in that child's life and somebody else is going to water it and somebody else is going to bring sun and, and you are a pivotal part of that child growing. So make sure that you and your family are truly ready to engage on the experience. There will be some rough, you know, roads along the way, but at the end of the day, it's truly, truly rewarding. Please tell um, our listeners how to get in contact with Choice of Life, whether they live in Georgia or in Oklahoma area. Okay. So we are on Facebook and Instagram. So if you type in Choices for Life of Georgia, our information will automatically pop up. And our number here at the Vodasta campus is 229-244-1707. And our number in Oklahoma is 405 705- Seven five one zero eight zero zero, and we also have a website that literally will give you information for our Georgia and Oklahoma site, and that website is choicesforlifecfc.com. Well, Miss Garrett, we definitely we thank you so much for um, being on the show with us. Thank you for the information. Um, thank you for all that you do because it takes a special person to work in the field that you're currently in. So, and you have a lot of love to give. So that's, that's wonderful. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. And to our listeners, we want to thank you for listening to the Voice of Many podcast. If you have any suggestions or questions, please contact us on our many social media web pages. Please don't forget to subscribe to our channel, and we hope to talk to you later.